0: Last time on Through the Bible, Dr. J. Vernon McGee took us through 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as we talked about the freedom that we got in Christ. Well, today we're in chapter 9, studying how the Apostle Paul set practical limits to these liberties. I'm Steve Schwetz, and while you grab your copy of God's Word and find your spot, here's Dr. McGee with a quick introduction.
1: We're talking about questionable things. This is carnality we're dealing with in this area of the book. But these are the places where you and I live today and move and have our being. And these are the questions that come up today. They are not spiritual questions. They are really carnal questions. Paul deals with them like that. Now, as we come to our study today, let us come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, bless your word today as it goes out in many tongues. May it speak to many hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Well, that was a great intro to our study today, and it's a very practical study on our freedoms in Christ. But before we dive in, let's spend a minute or two praying for a specific area of the world. Greg Harris, through the Bible's president, will tell us a little more.
2: Yeah, Steve, today we want to hear about and pray about our ministry to Thailand. Mm. And this is a very, very challenging part of the world to bring the Word of God to. I remember years ago being in a meeting where a testimony from a former Buddhist monk who talked about how many years it was from when the first missionaries entered a country to when the first believer in Christ. And with Thailand, it was 45 years, oh, one of the goodness. longer time frames. So we're just glad that we're working in partnership with FEBC, airing through the Bible in Thai on a number of local stations. And of course, we're so glad to get some great listener responses. Yeah,
0: and just as a reminder, we've been in Thailand for a very long yes, period of time. And yeah. this, first, this first letter reflects it. Let me read it. It says, I've been following you for more than 10 years when I became a new believer you are my company when I bring my cows to the field that's
2: great I love that
0: <laughs> you help me understand God's word and his story a lot more God's word helps me when I felt anxious I especially repeat Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight may God bless you
2: what a great visual of a of a man bringing in his cows and listening to Through the Bible. That's, that's exciting. Now, here's another one. Hello. I just got back from my cell group meeting, hmm. probably a small group yep. meeting. Uh, I, I turn on my phone, and I get to listen to the Word of God. I thank God that I have you as my partner in life for being able to learn and study the material you send. Today, I feel truly blessed and peaceful. May God give all of you peace as well.
0: Hmm. Such an encouragement also that he's listening on his phone. Yeah. yeah. He or she, yeah. uh, as opposed to the radio. And in this part of the country, for this particular individual, it works. Exactly. Now, I think we got time for another one. The program has always been a blessing ever since I started listening many years ago. I started with the books of 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. I used them to educate myself, prepare sermons and teachings. I will teach the book of Acts and evangelism at my church towards the end of this year. The chapters you send me were a blessing. They helped to broaden my understanding and held a lot of interesting details. Thank you for the team for being a blessing in this mission. May God bless you and strengthen you in your service.
2: And, Steve, this is such an important dynamic of how God uses through the Bible. And we saw it. We talked earlier this month about our trip to Uganda. We met so many leaders and pastors that use the material through the Bible as the core of their ministry.
0: Yeah, it is wonderful. And I love it every time I hear it because we're helping these guys out in the ministry. So if you have a heart for pastors and you want solid Bible teaching going out around the world, Through the Bible is a great place to be supporting, both with your prayers as well as your financial support. Greg, quickly, we're out of time. Pray for us.
2: Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you move in people's lives to deepen their love for your word and their desire to share it and teach it to others. We pray that you do that same thing in our lives now. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study in 1 Corinthians 9 on Through the Bible.
1: Now, today, our study brings us back into 1 Corinthians, and we come today to the ninth chapter, and we're in this section where it's concerning Christian liberty. Now, we saw that last time, related specifically to the question of eating meat, and that was one of the questions that the Corinthian believers had brought up. And it applied specifically to Corinth of that day because the sacrifices were brought in to the heathen gods. Then the meat of the sacrifice was offered for sale in the shambles of the day. And many of the Christians were offended by eating meat offered to idols. Yet Paul says in Christian Liberty... Whether you eat meat or don't eat meat makes no difference. And after all, an idol is nothing. So it would make no difference whether you ate meat or not. And it wouldn't make any difference whether you ate meat offered to idols. There's only one problem. And that one problem was just simply this. The question is, would it affect my friend, my neighbor? Would I cause him to stumble? And therefore, we are going to find and have already found that liberty is limited. There is a limitation on our liberty. And if I may put it in a rather crude manner, you have a perfect right to swing your fist any way you want to. But where my nose begins, that's where your liberty ends. You can swing it any way you want to. But you've got to leave my nose alone. I hope you will. Now, we find that Paul puts down this great principle for the believer Back in chapter 6, he said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I'll not be brought under the power of any. And then again over in chapter 10 at verse 23, he'll say it again. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but each his neighbor's good. Therefore, whatever's sold in the shambles, eat. But if I have my neighbor in for dinner and he's offended by it, I should not have that. My Christian liberty has its limitations, and this is the way that it is. Now Paul is going to illustrate this matter of Christian liberty in another field, and in a very personal field, and it has to do with two things— And that is, it has to do with his right as an apostle. And I probably should say his official right. His right as an apostle in a very definite way. Then he's going to deal with his right to be supported by the church. He had a right to expect the church would care for him and all of his carnal affairs, And as a preacher of the gospel, and that, may I say, is very personal, but Paul deals with that in this chapter, and it illustrates Christian liberty. Now, will you notice in the first one, he defends his official right as an apostle. And he begins, because Paul was in the habit of defending his apostleship, he had to, because it was challenged in many places now in corinth he begins in chapter 9 verse 1 am i not an apostle and the answer of course is yes paul you are an apostle that's the way the question is asked that's the answer and the only answer that will satisfy this question now he says am i not free and the answer is yes have i not seen jesus christ our lord that was the test of an apostle. That was the test that he had to pass. And Paul had passed that test. And he says, Are not ye my work in the Lord? That was the evidence of his apostleship. And then he defends that. He says in verse 2, If I be not an apostle unto others, but he was, but this is the if of condition, yet doubtless I am to you for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. So that as far as the Corinthian church is concerned, he didn't have to defend his apostleship. It was evident to the Christians there that he was an apostle. Now he says, mine answer to them that do examine me is this. And the word answer here. Actually, in the Greek, the word means defense. My defense to them that do examine me is this. It's as if Paul was in court. It's as if he's been charged, And now he's making a defense here. Now he moves into this realm. Verse 4, have we not power to eat and to drink? Paul says, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus, I have a right to eat and to drink. And as an apostle, I have that liberty. Now that liberty is curbed and curtailed by others. The whole question is, he says, he had made the bold statement, if meat make my brother to a fan, I'll eat no flesh while the world standeth. Why? Lest I make my brother to a fan. Now he could eat it, but he's not going to. And By the way, that is an exercise of your free will, is it not? To be able to do something and then not do it. And in one sense, that's the higher liberty and the highest liberty that there is. Now, if you can't do anything and you don't do it, well, there's no exercise of free will there. If you're able to do something and you don't do it, then that is a revelation of free will. Now he goes on to say, Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Cephas, evidently the brethren of the Lord, here were his half brothers, James and Jude, I take it, were actually married, and out on their missionary journeys, they took a wife with them, and Paul said, I have that freedom also, but Paul felt that his ministry would be curtailed, be hindered. Paul says, I have that freedom. Now, if a minister, and especially if you're out in Bible conference work, if you don't take your wife, they wonder what's wrong, what's happened. And if you do take your wife, they say, well, you can't go anywhere without her. So I mean, preachers in a bad way. I remember when our daughter was growing up, my wife stayed at home to take care of her that is her first responsibility and see that she had her clothes went to school and took care of her and i'd go alone in bible conferences and i had to be quizzed generally by some very curious saint say why isn't miss mcgee with you well i'd have to go into detail now she goes with me my daughter's away she's married my wife goes with me everywhere and I find that some of them, every now and then, I meet a curious say, does your wife go with you all the time? As if, well, can't you get rid of her, or get away from her? And I say to you, you can't win in the ministry. I found that out. But Paul is meeting that same thing. Paul said, I have a right to take a wife with me, but I've made my decision. As we said before, we believe he's a widower. And then he goes on to say, Are I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? Paul says, Barnabas and I could stay home. We don't have to go as missionaries. Our salvation doesn't depend on whether we are missionaries. He says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man... Or saith not the law the same thing, for it's written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Paul says that he's going to get to this matter now, paying the preacher. He says, you know, when the ox is treading out the corn, what he does is they hitch him up, and he goes around in a circle, walking on the grain, and that walks the grain, causes it to come out, of the chaff and then the chaff is pitched up in the air the wind blows it away and the good grain falls down on the threshing floor. now they don't dare muzzle an oxen that does that why because oxen's working and you got to feed him and so he's not muzzled. now that's the way God takes care of the ox and God made that law now God says you're not to muzzle the preacher you're to at least feed him I heard the story years ago in Kentucky of a preacher who drove a very fine horse very beautiful horse. And he himself was a very skinny fellow. And one day one of his officers asked him the question, because apparently it had been discussed. And the question was very point blank. says, how is the preacher, that your horse is so fine looking and you are such a skinny fellow? And the preacher says, well, I'll tell you. He says, I feed my horse. which says, you folks are the ones that feed me. Well, may I say... I think maybe he might have had a right to say that. Paul is saying that. He's saying that here he has a right as an apostle that's fed others, for it's written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn, Does God take care of oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sake. Now, God not only takes care of the oxen, he said that for our sakes. No doubt this is written that he that ploweth, should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we've sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing that we shall reap your carnal things? Paul says that in Galatians too, by the way, that if they've given to you spiritual blessings, riches, then you should share your carnal with them. And I've said this on the radio. It's not Original for me, I heard Dr. Johnson down in Bible Town in Florida. I've heard him say it several times and I think it's good. You ought to support the place that you get your blessing. Well, you wouldn't do it this way. Suppose you go down and you eat at a certain restaurant. Well, you don't go down the street and pay the restaurant on the other corner for the meal that you had at the other restaurant. Now, a lot of people are doing that spiritually. And this is a good place for me to make personal application. Now, a great many people tell us that they get a spiritual blessing from the program. I read a letter, and may I say that this lady didn't go down to the restaurant in the next corner and pay her bill down there. She sent a generous offering to this program. This is where she gets her blessing. Now, if you don't get a blessing, I wouldn't support it. I'd certainly say that. And Paul is very frank along this line. I see no reason why I shouldn't be in making this application. Now, he says this, if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we've not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Now, he doesn't want to do anything to hinder the gospel of Christ. And therefore, he doesn't receive anything. Now, may I be very frank and make application with you. Some of my friends kid me about this. I received no salary from radio, and I'm still able to say that. And I want to be very frank. There have been some very wonderful people, and actually, God's been better to me since I retired than he ever was before, because, again, it was a question of feeding a horse, and then I was being fed by somebody else. But now I'm depending on the Lord, and, oh, I wish I'd done this before, because he's wonderful. I'm not complaining. What I'm trying to say to you is this, that the reason that I have adopted this policy is not to hinder the teaching of the Word of God. For the very simple reason, there are religious rackets today. To say they're not is to be as blind as a bat. And I believe that today many men make merchandise of the gospel of Christ. Now, I don't want to get into that position. So I've taken this place and it did mean quite a sacrifice for a while but the lord has been so good i just can't tell you how good he's been and therefore i want to continue the policy so that i won't hinder the teaching of the word no one can come along and say truthfully that Vernon mcgee the reason he's staying on that radio and teaching the word of god because he really gets a big salary but the lord's been good to me oh how good now let me go on with this because Oh, this has such personal application. He says, Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, that's God's method. And it's not wrong, therefore, for the minister. That's a blessing to people to be supported. And I've discovered that when people receive a blessing, that they... For the most part, they do support the place where they get their blessing. Now he goes on. But I have used none of these things. Neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory and void. Paul says, I'm going to be able to say to you that you are not supporting me. You may be supporting the gospel, but not me. I'm not receiving anything for you. And Paul didn't take a salary either. You see, he did tent-making. Well, I can't make tents. but I can write books, and I also can hold conferences. So I'm in the tent-making business in a way. Now, he says, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Now, if I cancel this radio ministry, I won't lose my salvation. But I tell you, woe is me. And I want to be very frank with you. Necessities me. I I dare not. Why, may I say to you, it's like a taskmaster with a lash that says every day at this same time on your radio station, McGee, you better be ready. You are not. Why, you will not be on long after that. You have to do this. Well, that's my liberty. And you know what? I do it because I like it. Now, verse 17, For if I do this thing willingly... I have a reward, thank God for that, but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, and that permits us to say, I'm not doing this for an ulterior motive, but I'm expecting a reward some day from him, and I don't think I'm going to be disappointed. He says, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all man, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Now he gives this very familiar passage. Under the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law being not without law. To God but under the law of Christ that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth a prize, so run that ye may obtain. Now, Paul says, I'm doing all of this because I'm out on the race course. I'm like an athlete out there running. Running for what? A prize. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And may I say, let's get out on the race course together, friend. You and I together can run the race, and in a human race, down you only one can come in first. But both of us can come in first if we're trying to get the word of God out. Now, Paul says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Paul says, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not playing post office. I'm not playing at this thing. I'm not playing church. This thing is real, but I keep under my body. Bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway is our translation. That's unfortunate. The word is dokimos, and it should be disapproved. Paul's thinking now the judgment seat of Christ where rewards are given. In the next epistle of Corinthians, the second epistle, he'll talk about that. That we all are to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive a reward. Now Paul says, I'm out on the race track trying to run so I'm going to get a reward. And that's the reason that I'm preaching the gospel Like I am. Now, Paul says, I have liberty. I don't have to come in here every day, friends, and make these tapes. It's not easy to make them. And it takes a lot of work. And I'm retired. I ought to go and sit in the corner. But you want to know something? I don't want to sit in the corner. It's the last thing in the world I want to do. And I do pray that when the Lord gets through with me, he take me. I don't want to, you know, be just around twiddling my thumbs. Paul says, I'm out on the race course. And I'm running for a purpose. I want to receive a reward. And I think every Christian ought to work for a reward. I don't work for salvation. That was given to me. I was saved by grace. But my friend, if I'm going to get a reward, I'm going to have work for it. And I say that to you today. You're going to get a reward. You better get out on the race course. Let's get out and jog a little together. It's great to get the Word of God out in these days. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Are you
0: running with a purpose? There are opportunities all around you. Get involved in the ministry, for instance, of your local church. You can visit prisons or rest homes. You can be a witness on the job and in your neighborhood. You can also run the race with us by praying and supporting this ministry in more than 200 languages. If you want to find out more, you can go to ttb.org forward slash give or call 1-800-65-BIBLE. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll meet you back here next time as the Bible bus keeps traveling along. Join us each weekday for our five-year daily study through the whole Word of God. Check for times on this station or look for Through the Bible in your favorite podcast store and always at ttb.org.